0: Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today we are going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. So today is Wednesday, May 30th, and just this past weekend, we saw the release of this movie over Memorial Day weekend. So let's get into it. Today we're gonna essentially do a spoiler-free recap, because if you are like a lot of people, you didn't see this movie. Yeah, the box office was a bit disappointing for opening weekend for Solo. And the reviews were decent, I would say. So, I'm going to talk about my experience with this one. Like I said, the box office wasn't great. The reviews were decent. But, was this a good movie? Well, as I often do... I went to see this movie at the Alamo Drafthouse in San Francisco. Hands down, my favorite movie theater. It's a great place to go watch a movie. A couple highlights with Alamo Drafthouse. One is the reserved seating. Fantastic. Love that you can book your seats in advance. And I love the fact that you can order food while in the comfort of your seat. So I wanted to call this out because (laughs) Alamo Drafthouse does do these promotions where they have exclusive menu items for particular movies. Solo was in this category. Interestingly though, I did not order any of the solo exclusive items i actually did something that i'm pretty proud of actually because the uh uh, the release of deadpool 2 they did something similar they had deadpool related items you know and deadpool 2 is still showing at alamo draft house right so with that knowledge when I went to go see solo I thought oh hey you know I'm not seeing Deadpool 2 again but I wonder if I can order Deadpool 2 exclusive menu items sure enough I could so I did I loved the chimichangas that Alamo Drafthouse offered for my viewing of Deadpool two, I ordered them again for solo. So there I was watching a Star Wars movie with exclusive Deadpool two grub, chimichangas. So, boom, fantastic! When uh, I found out I could do that, I was I was set. You know, I was happy. <laughs> so um, yeah, my expectations weren't super high going into. This movie. So it was nice right off the bat to know that I could eat some awesome chimichangas watching this one with uh, minimal expectations. Okay, so let's get right into it. What did I like about this movie, if anything? Well, first off, I got to say, I did like it. I did like this movie. You know, might be kind of a surprise because the reception has been kind of lukewarm. You know, like I said, the reviews weren't terrible, but the box office has been down, really down for this one. But I got to say, I enjoyed my experience here. I would say I enjoyed it marginally. You know, I wouldn't call this a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but I did marginally... Like it. I would put it in the same category as episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and episode seven, The Force Awakens. Two other movies, I would also put that tag of I liked them, but essentially just marginally, you know, kind of middle of the road type stuff. I mean, nowhere near. Uh, the heights of the greatest Star Wars movies, uh, but also much better than the shittiest Star Wars movies. You know, like episode one and episode two, I would put in that category. So I had a good time watching this movie for sure. So definitely a couple of the highlights were the action scenes, the action scenes really were pretty cool for this movie, you know. Um, In particular, there is a train heist scene and a space chase scene. I do not go into any more detail there, but both of these action sequences really uh, were done well. I thought they were super exciting. You know, they were in the spirit of Star Wars, and, um, yeah, yeah, almost those two scenes alone kind of pushed this one over the top for me, so there are definitely thrills to be had watching this movie, and, you know, I compared this movie a little bit to The Force Awakens, episode 7, you know, like episode 7, I feel this one had a lot of fan service in it. You know, these moments of nostalgia. So, you know, you can take that a couple different ways. Because, I mean, you do have to be a Star Wars fan to appreciate these moments. But, you know, I am a Star Wars fan. Have been for a long time. And I I got pretty excited With these moments, you know, and I would say pay attention because you get hit from different angles with these moments of nostalgia. It's not just visual cues, I would say there's dialogue, music, and visual cues that tap into this uh, nostalgia component. I mean, we're seeing this more and more with these geeky type movies whether they're superhero movies or star wars or star trek whatever i mean we're seeing this stuff it's really a necessary part of these movies now right um but you know these nostalgic moments can be done well and they can be done not so great right so i think solo did a pretty good job with uh with these callbacks yeah and you know i don't want to go into spoilers so i won't go into detail but like i said do pay attention it's not just a particular type of nostalgic moment like i said pay attention to the dialogue listen to the music watch the visuals Uh, there, there, there are some treats in there to enjoy for sure what else? I also like the supporting cast. There's a great supporting cast to this movie. Not only worthy additions to the Star Wars franchise, like the droid L337, great character. Really funny and different and new, you know? Like I said, a worthy addition. Another worthy addition, the Marauder, Enfi's Nest. Cool character, very cool. The character design is totally on point and a pretty interesting character that I think, you know, it's hard to get a grasp on where this character is exactly coming from. So um, that's all I'll say there. But yeah, you know, like I said, worthy additions, man. And in addition to the additions, we got some returning characters like Lando Calrissian and, of course, Chewbacca. Totally welcome. You know, It's great to see them. Kind of along the lines of that nostalgic factor I was talking about. Um, they were great. You know, Donald Glover as Lando it was awesome, man. I wanted to see more of him. Chewbacca is great as always. And um, yeah, the supporting cast was outstanding. You know, great performances, great character design, characterizations were great, and I liked the, the fresh takes on existing characters. Like I said, Lando and Chewie, a um, lot to like there. Yeah? Okay, so on to some stuff I didn't like as much. So I talked a little bit about the nostalgia Right. For the most part, I felt like the fan service in the movie, the little callbacks to the original trilogy were quite well done. I did want to call out one thing, though. So, of course, in a Star Wars movie about Han Solo, you're going to see the Millennium Falcon, right? I mean, that's, that's a given. And I'm not spoiling anything because... You know, it's all up in the promos and everything. and Like I said, you know it's going to be in there, right? So, of course, I was looking for, like, when the Millennium Falcon would first appear and how they would use it and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe not to the fault of this movie, but I didn't feel like the Millennium Falcon nostalgia was that impactful, you know? And the reason why I say it's not so much the fall of this movie is because we saw that nostalgia in episode 7, right? J.J. Abrams totally laid this nostalgia on thick with the Millennium Falcon stuff, right? You know, when it first appears, it's kind of a misdirect. You think you're seeing one ship and then you see the Falcon, right? Um... So, what should have been this, oh my god, it's the Millennium Falcon, you know? What should have been that? I felt like, oh, I kind of already geeked out to this <laughs> already a few years back, right? So, that fell flat a little bit. Um Yeah, in terms of the, you know, the nostalgia, overall, I thought it was great, you know? This particular part of it not as much not as much okay grand scheme of it all that wasn't a huge deal for me what was a pretty huge deal was Han Solo himself okay we got to talk about this now I don't want to you know bash the actor who played the young Han Solo Alden Ehrenreich Is his name. Yeah, I don't want to bash him too much because, I mean, he wasn't terrible. He was uh, trying his best to make this character work, but um, I mean, there was a lot against him here, you know? And it has to be said that he does not look, talk, or maybe most importantly, like the Harrison Ford Han Solo. Yeah? So like I said, we can't fault the actor too much. You know, he was trying his best, you know. (laughs) He was uh, giving it his all, right? I mean, I fault the casting here because, look, if you're casting a young Han Solo, you gotta at least hit one of these three things. The actor's gotta look, talk, or or feel like the Harrison Ford Han. You know, at least one of the three, I mean, ideally you're shooting for all three, right? It's a tall order. I understand, you know. But uh, dang, like over oh three, boom, you know, They didn't hit on any of that. This dude does not look like Harrison Ford. He doesn't talk like Harrison Ford and he sure as hell doesn't feel like Han Solo. Like, there was something missing there. And that's probably the hardest one, right? The, the feel of this character. Um, that intangible quality, right? Not an easy task. So, I mean, you can scour the earth and you may never find that, I understand. But then at least, you know, get a guy who can talk like Han. Get a guy who looks like Harrison Ford at least a little bit. This guy, I mean, he doesn't look like him at all. Doesn't talk like him at all, and with all that said, I think you could still make the casting work if you hire a younger actor. You know, I I know there was some discussion about hiring a much younger actor to play Han in this movie. You know, this guy uh, Alden Ehrenreich again. You know, I I didn't think his performance was terrible. Um. But he just didn't feel like Han. And also, he's not that young. So this guy is uh, currently 27, or sorry, 28 years old. And he's not like a super baby-faced 28-year-old. You know, he, he looks, you know, a little older. He doesn't look, to be honest, any younger than Harrison Ford looked in the first Star Wars movie, you know? If they had hired a younger actor, then at least it's like, oh, well, give him a few years and then maybe he could look like Han in episode four. You know, there's that suspension of disbelief sort of thing, right? So I think they should have gone that way. If it was that hard to find a dude who looks or talks like Han or really just captured the essence of this character then go with a younger actor you know then at least i could feel like oh well you know given some time he could become the han solo we know and love right and i know there were discussions you know like i said that was considered i know there was a short list and Actors like Chandler Riggs from Walking Dead and Ansel Elgort from Baby Driver, they were in the conversation, and they are younger actors, you know? Again, neither of these guys looks or talks like Harrison Ford, but, you know, there is that thing where, oh, well, over time, maybe they could become more like that, right? Now, I I bring these two actors up because... I know they were discussed, you know, they were considered. Um, I I don't think these two particular actors would have been good choices either. For the reason I mentioned, yeah, like, okay, they're younger, that could work, that could be better than what they ended up with. Um, But I think these actors are pretty well established. You know, people know them. Like, if you see Chandler Riggs, you think of Carl from Walking Dead, right? I don't think you want that. You, you don't want us to watch a Star Wars movie about Han Solo and then keep thinking about Carl Grimes in your head, right? And Ansel Elgort, he, you know, he's pretty well established too, so same thing. If you went for a younger actor who was more of an unknown, maybe that's where you go. I mean, ideally, I I'd go back to, okay, you do this worldwide search, and chances are you're gonna find someone who captures Harrison Ford Han somehow, right? Um, and if not, go with the younger actor. I mean, this is just my opinion, right? But they they blew it here. You know, I, I think the casting really failed in this regard. And this is the central character of the movie. I I, I mentioned I loved the supporting cast. And you can have, you know, a Dream Team, Grand Slam supporting cast. If your central character doesn't work, that's a big problem, you know. Uh, that's, yeah, That that's, I, I struggled with that. I definitely struggled with that, with this movie. Okay. So, all in all, an enjoyable experience. You know, I had some stuff I liked about the movie. I had some stuff I didn't like so much. But all in all, you know, I enjoyed it. However, we do have to talk about what a lot of people are talking about right now, and that's Star Wars fatigue. Is this a real thing? You know, especially with the box office numbers being disappointing for Solo. People are talking about it a lot. Are people just you know, kind of done with Star Wars? Is it just too much, you know? Or are we just tired of it? Um, you know, I would say yes. I would say definitively yes. You know, the, despite the fact that I enjoy this movie, I really feel like we've been treading in familiar territory for quite a while now, you know? So from the perspective of the timing of Star Wars movie releases. I mean, look at the history. Historically, these movies don't come out that often. Look at the original trilogy, even when they came out back to back to back. There were years between releases. You know, Star Wars to Empire to Jedi, right? Then there was a huge gap uh, between the original trilogy and the prequels. And then there was a pretty damn big gap between the prequels and uh, episode 7. But what has happened since episode 7 came out? There's been a Star Wars movie every single year. 2016. Episode 7. Or sorry, that was 2015. 2015, episode 7. 2016. 2016. Rogue One, 2017, Episode 8, 2018, Solo. So every year we're getting a Star Wars movie, right? And, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm sure a lot of other people are feeling it. It's just too much, man, you know? So then, of course, that all begs the question, well... What should Lucasfilm do? You know, I don't think they're going to stop this money train, right? They want to keep producing these films, keep making money, but you know, how should they do it? I mean, I think they should look no further than their fellow Disney property, Marvel Studios, right? Marvel Studios cranks out not only one movie a year, they're at three movies a year. So why isn't there this big Marvel fatigue? You know, I mean, some would say there is some, not particularly Marvel fatigue, but just superhero fatigue in general, right? Um, But I would argue with the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that this fatigue thing is not happening. I mean, look at the movies they've been putting out Most recently, Infinity War, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, these movies are completely different. And I really think that Star Wars should look at that blueprint. You know, follow what these guys are doing. Because I don't feel that fatigue at all. I can't wait for the next MCU movie. And, you know, the next one happens to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that one, I mean, you know it's going to be completely... Completely different a completely different experience from infinity war right and probably much different than any of the other movies i just mentioned right so how are they doing it they're actually making these movies be in different genres you know you could argue that the superhero genre is a genre in itself but the counter argument to that is what marvel studios is doing they're really having each movie be a different genre right so yeah star wars should take note they should be doing this stuff man i thought they were doing this when um rogue one was about to come out that was a sense that a lot of people got they felt like oh this one is the first Star Wars movie that's not an episode. And the promotion for it was kind of like, oh, this doesn't even feel like a Star Wars movie. I, I think the initial promotion, you know, it was like dark and you couldn't even tell it was a Star Wars movie. It felt like like an old war movie or something, right? It felt dirty and dark and edgy. And I kind of dug it. You know, I was like, oh, this is what they should be doing. You know, if they're going to release a new Star Wars movie every year, this is the way to go. And as much as I loved Rogue One, it totally didn't turn out to be like that. It turned out to be very much in line with the Star Wars franchise. It felt like a Star Wars movie. And all four of these recent releases have felt that way you know they really haven't strayed from the look and feel of the star wars franchise you know they are all outer space adventure movies period you know Um, i think they need to go in to new directions here you can't do the same thing over and over right it's starting to get old And, yeah, I totally feel like Star Wars fatigue is a thing. It's happening. And, you know, I would be concerned if I was working at Lucasfilm. I'd be like, okay, you know, people are getting tired of this stuff. We need to change this shit up, right? (laughs) So, you know, with the episodes... I get it, you know, there are certain things you really have to continue to follow, but with these, uh, these spin-off movies, you know, you could go into crazy directions, I think, so, maybe start there, I think, uh, there's a lot of potential there, and then also look at what, uh, Ryan Johnson did with episode 8, that was an episode movie, and um, I felt like, even though, like I've been saying, it's pretty much in line with the Star Wars franchise, I did feel like, you know, they did some, some pretty cool new stuff. And I would say continue to push the envelope, man. Keep going into different and new and uh, unique, scary territory, you know? Why not? take some risks. I think that's where uh, some opportunity lies for breaking free from Star Wars fatigue. Yeah? All right. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry.